0: Yeah, that time of the week, Tuesday afternoon, and we couldn't kick it off any better without, joining, uh, without Peter Mullen joining us. Good afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon, Mark. Look, it's, uh, this time around we're talking
1: thyroid, but one particular aspect of underactive thyroid, aren't we? Yeah, today, because it's such a, a big area of, of what I see patients presenting with, and it's, um, it's called Hashimoto's disease. Basically, it's an autoimmune condition that affects the thyroid and causes symptoms or causes the thyroid to go under-functioning or underactive. Okay, we'll take a look at that uh, from a
0: naturopath point of view in the next few moments. If you would like, uh, Peter, to talk with that with you or you've got another health concern, give us a call, 49216216. It is health being with health and well. I can't talk today, Peter. Can I, can I walk <laughs> out the door and
1: come in and try I think, I think maybe a sip of water, Mark.
0: Peter, we're going straight to the telephone with uh, Brett. You've got some underactive thyroid concerns for Peter today
2: yeah yeah i I've recently they've increased my thyroxine from 50 to fifty to seventy five micrograms, but it's not helping i'm still flat as a tack. no energy i'm only fifty one
1: okay yeah. help look um i would do you, do you know how to read your thyroid test results?
2: no well, it just comes straight back to my g p she and she just says we need to increase it and she said the seventy five milligrams my level's come up. The TSH has come up to an acceptable
1: yeah, range. Yeah, okay. okay. But I don't know
2: what that range is. She doesn't tell me. I don't ask if she doesn't tell me. But yeah, I have look, a blood
1: test. Next time, next time you get a blood test done, it's worthwhile understanding your levels with thyroid because um you can sort of see yourself. Oftentimes, um, so just ask the GP for a copy. And then, you know, I'm more than happy, if you want to ring the office, we, you can have a free chat with one of our naturopaths and they can explain how to actually read those thyroid results. Um, now, if um, with thyroid, like oftentimes the GPs are just happy if your thyroid levels appear to be normal. And often they'll say, your levels are fine, you should be feeling fine. But that's not always the case with thyroid patients. So sometimes it's because you're lacking some of the nutrients. Like often what they'll prescribe is um, thyroxine, which is T4. Uh, But T4 has to get converted to T3, which is the active form of thyroid hormone. So unless they're testing also the T3, you don't know really whether that T4 is doing what it's supposed to do. when they do the
2: thyroid, what they call SGH, um, after the pathology, they're only testing
1: T4. Yeah, well, see, then you need to test T3 because that's your active thyroid hormone. So if you're not converting T4 to T3 because you're lacking things like zinc, tyrosine, iodine, selenium, even things like vitamin low vitamin D and low iron can interfere yes. with how well that converts. So I, what I would do for starters is I'd ask your GP to do two things. Test your antibodies Yes. you want to know whether this is an autoimmune thyroid condition, if it is Hashimoto's. And also to test your T3, so you can see actually whether you are getting enough of the active thyroid hormone being converted. And Yeah.
2: Well, but, well, but I'll if do it, it because I'll see her next week. But, you know, you get so tired, you've just yeah. got to lie down. You've just got to shut your eyes, you're
1: that You just can't move. Well, look, once you get those test results, if you like, you can um, give our office a call, and one of our naturopaths would be happy to have a free chat with you. Um, where, if you what we do? Yeah, I'll, tell,
0: just, I'll tell you what we'll do for you uh, there. If you just want to hang on the line for a moment, Brett we will get uh, Peter to come back to you in just a few moments, okay? Righto. Okay, we'll get some details for you, and uh, hopefully hopefully, we can get Brett on the right track there, Peter. Yeah, it's a great definitely. Idea.
1: It is, it's, a, it's a common thing I hear. People say, you know, my thyroid's low. The doctor said, once I start on this thyroid hormone, I'm going to feel fantastic. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's not always the case. But there's always a reason why that's the case too. So it's a yeah. matter of trying to find out why. You're not feeling as great as you should when you're taking thyroid hormone.
0: Delving a little bit deeper, yeah, though, as absolutely. we discover with the breath. Absolutely. Hashimoto's disease, that is what we're talking
1: about today. Um, can you sort of take us through and describe what actually Hashimoto's is? Well, the thyroid, so the thyroid gland, little gland sits at the base of your, um, just under your Adam's apple, basically, mm-hmm. and it produces thyroid hormone. So thyroid glands traditionally can go overactive, which is diff- not what we're talking about today or it can go underactive. And there's lots of different reasons why you can have an underactive thyroid. One of those reasons, which is quite common, is because you've developed an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's thyroid disease. What happens with Hashimoto's, like any other autoimmune condition, it's where your immune system all of a sudden has gotten confused and has started to attack your thyroid gland. Initially, the thyroid gland might go over-functioning, but eventually ends up under-functioning. So you've got a double whammy. You've got these elevated antibodies in your, in your blood, and you've also got an under the thyroid not producing enough thyroid hormone.
0: So I guess that's the end, end result of having the disease. What actually causes it? What are some of the things that take us from being, quote-unquote, normal to being in this situation?
1: No one sort of... Look, with autoimmune conditions, so celiac disease is the only known... Is the only autoimmune condition where they know what causes it. You know, celiac disease is caused by you've got to have the genetic predisposition and then the environmental trigger. Mm-hmm. So, in the case of celiacs, they know that the environmental trigger, if you've got the genes, they have to have the genes for the most part, they know the environmental trigger is gluten, eating gluten. So, with all the other autoimmune conditions, and there's about 80 odd known autoimmune, oh, and it's grief. getting crazier and crazier. Australia's actually got a bit of a bad reputation for these weird and wonderful autoimmune conditions, which no one knows why. But anyway, so so with Hashimoto's, the thyroid starts to attack the thyroid gland. There's different theories as to what the triggers, like again, we suspect you've got to have the genetic predisposition. Environmental factors can include viruses. So the Epstein-Barr virus, the same virus that causes glandular fever. So how do we get that? Uh, Look, uh, 40 to 50% of the adult population in Australia will have had been in contact with the Epstein-Barr virus. Whether you you know it or not, if you had a a blood test, they'd probably see antibodies to the Epstein-Barr virus saying you've had it at some point. Fair enough. So
0: a virus can trigger. Is it possible, too, that um, some of the toxins and chemicals that are in our environment, they
1: possibly could be adding to this? Absolutely. So smokers, you know, high concentrations of cadmium end up in the thyroid, can cause thyroid damage and... Uh, may confuse the immune system. Um, but toxins, you know, things like um, uh, maybe excess chlorine, excess fluoride, um, pesticides. So anything that can cause damage or change the thyroid tissue may cause your immune system to go a bit crazy. Um, the other reason why you can develop an autoimmune condition is um, related always back to the gut. Mm. And you know, we've talked about that before um, uh, uh, irritable bowel, leaky gut, people that have had chronic gut issues for years because 60 to 70% of the immune system is based around the gut if you've got gut issues that can you can reach critical mass you can have an emotional event sometimes that will trigger your body all of a sudden, your immune system switching and starting to attack your thyroid. So stress is a big factor as well. Now, Peter, some of the um, symptoms you are thinking, well, maybe do I, am I have got an
0: underactive thyroid? What are some of the things that we could be on the lookout for that may put us in this category today? Well,
1: the main, main symptoms with um, Hashimoto's or, and or underactive thyroid is fatigue, which is, you know, that's one of the most common things that people present with. Um, it's also um, difficult losing weight. You know, a lot of people, that it doesn't matter what they do, they just can't lose weight. can be symptoms of an underactive thyroid. Um, if you feel like you're feeling the cold more, you never used to be a real cold frog, but now you're having to rug up everywhere you go. Uh, it can be things like um, depression or low mood, dry skin. Um, often people with underactive thyroid lose the outer third of their eyebrow.
0: As well. I was wondering when you had, looked like you had something in your eyes, <laughs> but just pointing to the eyebrows. I was themselves. just
1: showing you where, the, yeah. where they were losing their hair from there. I know where the eyebrows um, are. Also, things like brittle nails can be um, hormonal problems, fertility issues, and Hashimoto's. Like a, a lot of people get an underactive thyroid just generally as they get older wear and tear, toxins, stress, etc. But Hashimoto's often triggered off in a lot of younger women, you know, after they've had a baby. Mm hmm. Yeah, the stress of being pregnant and then mm. the birth, and then often they're diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So it, it's often preceded or preempted by some sort of event or trauma as well. But um, it can interfere with fertility as okay. well. One of the reasons why people can have trouble, women can have trouble falling pregnant, is if they've got thyroid, particularly Hashimoto's.
0: So if we find ourselves in any of these situations, and it turns out yes, we do have it, um, what are some of the the natural therapies out there that can sort of put us back on the right track? Or oh, I guess more importantly, can it be Completely cured? Can we turn it
1: around completely,
0: or is it an ongoing thing?
1: Well, look before before we get there. You always do this to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a couple of a couple of subject couple of things around thyroid. So, mm. a lot of people have um, Hashimoto's. It's a really common thing, mm-hmm. and often this is why it's so important to get your your thyroid bloods done and thyroid bloods done properly. You know, often doctors will do a TSH, which gives you an idea of your thyroid, but it's not actually your thyroid function. You need to get your T4 and T3 levels to really know where your hormones are up to. If you're suspicious that your thyroid's going a bit underactive, you also need to get your antibodies levels tested. Now, this is an interesting thing with Hashimoto's particularly. A lot of times, the Western medical approach is if you've got an underactive thyroid, they'll give you T4, which they did in Brett's case, which is thyroxine or oroxine. And they'll, and then they'll test you, they'll test your TSH and your T4, but they don't often go further and test your T3. As I was saying to Brett, your T4 has to get converted to T3 in your liver. So you need selenium, good levels of selenium and zinc, which a lot of people are low on in Australia. So you need to know your T3 because that's going to tell you whether you're actually going to be feeling better or not. Now, if the blood test levels, say the blood test levels all come back okay, a lot of people think medically that you should be fine. If you're tired, it's nothing to do with your thyroid. But there's a growing school of thought, and we sort of tend to lead more this way as well, that if you've also got really high levels of antibodies, and antibodies are um, immune cells that you are producing to attack your thyroid, if you've got high levels of antibodies, it's being suspected that those antibodies may also cause symptoms of fatigue and may interfere with your thyroid hormone working. Often doctors will say, you don't need to worry about your antibodies. There's nothing that can be done about elevated antibodies. As long as those blood levels are fine, you should be fine. But more and more, I'm finding that people aren't feeling fine and that their elevated antibody levels have to be reduced. So when we look at natural, natural therapy treatments for helping people with Hashimoto's, um, it's all initially the obvious thyroid support, stuff. So you want to make sure that their iodine levels are good, that their zinc levels are good, um, that they are, you know, are getting enough tyrosine, which is an amino acid, so they need to be having good quality protein. You also need to check your vitamin D levels. With any autoimmune condition, a lot of people will have low vitamin D. So any blood test you have done, you always have to have your D levels checked. Ferritin is important for the activation for the thyroid hormone to actually improve your metabolism so a lot of people are low in iron so you want to make sure all your nutrient levels are supported because you want to make sure you're getting the most out of your thyroid hormone Um, but then you want to also look at how you can go about and then herbally as well there's things we can do to really look after that thyroid gland reduce inflammation and maybe turn down the effects of those antibodies because the antibodies are kind of like your thyroid is like the castle trying to do its job and look after everything And then the antibodies are like the marauding army that just keep coming wave after wave over the heels. Gotcha. So it's those guys you want to try and knock on the head or bring down. Mm -hmm. So So when we're thinking about, so you're looking after the thyroid as much as you can. You're trying to support the thyroid hormone so you get the better result. But then you want to look at your antibodies. So the way we approach the antibodies is coming back always to look at the gut first. A lot of people with autoimmune also have a lot of gut issues as well. And it may present as something like irritable bowel syndrome, you know, from a naturopathic point of view, we suspect that gut wall inflammation, you know, there may be leaky gut or what's called, um, there's a new name for it that's just come out. That sounds a lot flasher anyway. So, um, you've got to go back and look at the gut first and, you know, and it sounds again, uh, uh, people must think, you know, if you see a naturopath, they're all going to tell you, you've got to get off gluten and dairy, mm-hmm. but we do because, you know, there's some research to suggest that gluten irritates everyone's gut and may be involved in autoimmune stuff or maybe one of the aggravators. So I always recommend people get off gluten and dairy if we, if they're suspicious of having any autoimmune condition um, and healing and repairing the gut. We've talked before about, you know, good bacteria, getting onto a really clean diet as much as possible, you know, cutting back on cereals and grains, carbohydrates you want to eat to balance your blood sugars so Hashimoto's that interestingly is a good example of how we don't just try and treat the thyroid which is the medical model of just fix the thyroid hormones which Mm. for some people is invaluable initially and sometimes you've got to do that some people can be so bad that you have to start with that but at the same time then you want to look at how you're going to go about improving their whole health Mm. so um, nutrient wise herbal medicine makes a massive difference um, and getting the, the diet right is a really big part of starting to repair the gut and start to turn down those antibody levels as well. Just very quickly before we move on, Peter, uh, from a dietary
0: point of view, some things we could be, should be throwing in there couple other, uh, other than the things we should be taking out?
1: Well, the, the things to definitely avoid are your processed grains, your bread, quick oats, rice flour, gluten, soya products mm-hmm. generally, Um, artificial sweeteners always, fast foods, fried foods, genetically modified foods, um, alcohol, um, sugar, processed stuff. The things you want to try and have more of is things like your leafy green vegetables, um, some starchy carbs, sweet potatoes, carrots, etc. Most vegetables and fruits, but even with fruit you want to keep them a bit low. And even with veggies, some people do better avoiding the nightshades, which are your potatoes, tomatoes, capsicums, chilies, and eggplant, which is crazy because you think tomatoes are such good mm. foods full of antioxidants, etc. Um, some people with thyroid don't do... It's worthwhile if you've got Hashimoto's actually doing maybe a food intolerance test because particularly you want to avoid the foods that you're intolerant to. So normally I'd say eggs would be fine, but a lot of people are coming back intolerant to, unfortunately, eggs. So you'd want to keep them out of the diet as well. Um, all your good quality meats, you know, grass fed, pasture fed, free range chickens, wild caught fish. So basically, it's as healthy and, and whole whole food a diet as possible. But
0: I know you've got a talk coming up about that. But before we get there, so a few other things you want to to wrap up with us that we can do to potentially. Uh- uh, get off Hashimoto's disease if you've got it. That's, yeah, the, ab- that's, that's not what I meant. You know what I mean.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, always starting with, you know, diet, getting your diet as healthy and whole food as possible. Um, get copies of your blood test results. Ask your doctor for a copy and get someone to go through them with you to explain what it all means. So you get the gist yourself. Um, always get your vitamin D, iron studies tested as well. I'd also ask the GP to include zinc because you want to know where these, and they, they won't always do selenium. Etc., but you know, if you see a naturopath, we can actually give you a referral to get those done, you know, even through Lavity. Um, and yeah, start with the diet, but the probably you know, one of the biggest drivers I find for Hashimoto's, and um, unfortunately, even things like getting a better diet and doing all the lifestyle stuff can be stressful, but it's trying to reduce your stress as much as possible, really get a handle on those high levels of cortisol and busy pace of life because. You know, making change can be stressful, so you want to you try and re- limit stress as much as possible um, while you're doing all of this. But Hashimoto's is one of those conditions where, because it is quite complex, I think it is worthwhile going and seeing someone that's that, that can help you with it. You know, from a naturopathic point of view, it's one of those conditions that can be a bit tricky just to deal with on your own i think that
0: again we hear about it all the time and it's a bit of a buzzword but it it really is everybody's stressed and i think that's such a huge thing for quite a lot of ailments isn't it
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and because we're talking about our next talk um coming up is on thyroid but it's actually fully booked out but um just for for today if anyone has a question around thyroid they're more than welcome to ring our office and david um one of our practitioners there is our thyroid expert. You've just dropped his name. so Yeah, <laughs> David. sorry. He's, um, he's happy to take any calls. They're free, if, if people want to book him for a free 15-minute call, they can ring up the office today and they'll actually get booked in to have a chat with David and just to uh, run any questions they have past him as well.
0: Okay, so great for those who uh, are thinking under active thyroid and thyroid conditions generally. Absolutely. David will uh, get you on board with that. Uh, Peter, some other talks that are coming up uh, very shortly. Uh, limited places for your weight loss talk on uh, February 27th, I think. Yep,
1: yep. We, our first weight loss talk this year is um, booked out. We had a lot of interest in that, and um, so we're putting a second one on. And um, this is an awesome talk for just information about how to eat You know, go a lot into like carbs and um, you know what's the healthy amount of carbs to have in a day. So, even if you're not interested just in weight loss, if you want to know more about how we should all be eating, this is a great talk to come along to. And one for those who've got kids is coming up in March. Yeah, yeah. Look, kids is again it's it's an area that I'm really passionate about because our kids' health is everything, really. And um, yeah, we've got our free talk for kids' health coming up on the 13th of March. Um, A lot of people have been to a lot of our talks. But um, I always try and change the content every time. So even if you've been to one of our kids' talks before, it's worthwhile. And I think you always pick up different things as well. Mm. It's you know, like so watching a movie. Yeah, hey, no, I didn't see that the last yeah, time around, yeah, e- except yeah. the movie is Peter Mullen and, and, <laughs> and some of his gang Yeah, talk. I
0: don't know whether I'd call it movie quality, but... Um, Oh, you know, I've we, we, we do try to be entertaining. Hang on a minute. I've seen some of the videos you and your team put on Facebook. It's very, very much a matinee idol. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The $50 try, is coming. We try. The $50 yeah. is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, so great information there. Thank you for bringing uh, Hashimoto's disease under active thyroid to us this week.
1: Uh, next week, when you join us on the radio, again, more weight loss. Yep. Yep. Talking more about getting ready for that next talk on weight loss, but some really great new information about some really simple changes you can make that can make a massive difference long term. Alrighty, that's Health and Wellbeing with Peter Mullen for another week. Thanks, Mark. I'll see you then.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, wellbeing, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.